0: and welcome friends and enemies it's perhaps it's you time we're an unofficial
1: unsolved mysteries rewatch podcast
0: i'm liz and i'm samantha and samantha's had three hours of sleep and she's still here to record a podcast for you fuckers that's, that's how that's <laughs> called dedication that's <laughs> how dedicated she is you're welcome really tired the this other is
1: gonna be barely coherent also i like I don't know. I watched the episode yesterday, so my three hours of sleep cannot excuse this. I don't know what my problem is. I, like, got the wrong... I got the mysteries mixed up. I thought I was doing Liz's mystery,
0: and then... And I was like, oh, no, I screwed it up again. But this time it was Samantha. <laughs> it was definitely me. I so... think your your stress level, Your your... Your tiredness is maybe affecting your short-term memory.
1: Yeah, my brain can only handle so much. Yeah, you're a little overwhelmed. Why are we doing this at all?
0: Why do we even have an Unsolved Mysteries (laughs) podcast? How did this happen? (laughs) These are questions. Weirdly, we've never asked, but here we are. We're here in the Witch District doing this for you. Doing this podcast. Our dear listeners. Do we have any updates? I wanted to thank listener Amanda because I said on Twitter yesterday that True Wealth would be drinking a Clearly Canadian every day. And then she sent us money on Ko-Fi to buy a Clearly Canadian.
1: Amanda, you're the best! <laughs> also, I
0: definitely agree with
1: that statement. True Wealth is drinking a Clearly Canadian I every just, day. I just, like,
0: can't afford it. <laughs> it's just too luxurious. It's, like, two fifty up for one. Yeah. So... Who can afford that? I no can't one. really drink one every day. But that's when I will be living my best life. <laughs> so Amanda sent us money to get a Clearly Canadian. If you want to buy us money on Ko-Fi, there's a link. Go to you.com. In our contact, you'll find all our social media stuff. You can go to our Ko-Fi link. And then you can just write in the message, Bitch, this is for Clearly Canadian, not coffee. <laughs> and I'll go, I don't even drink coffee, so that's fine. Yeah, I've been spending all that coffee money on hot chocolate. Ko-Fi is a really neat website where, you know, maybe you
1: don't want or can't afford to give us money every month and that's totally understandable maybe you just want to give us you know a couple bucks for a coffee some clearly canadian every once in a while we really appreciate it look i can use the caffeine
0: we could always use clearly canadian we could always use polar water yeah that could be some sweet polar water money right there yeah yeah that's how we're opening the show money money (laughs) give Give us us money money. (laughs) okay that's the only update I can think of.
1: I have another update, which we've already mentioned before, but it's out now, and that is our episode with Rob. Yeah, our strange skies went live this week. If you're listening to this, it's been out for a couple days. If you haven't already listened to it, you should go check it out. It's our. Uh, we are a part of an
0: unsolved mysteries roundtable.
1: Yeah, and we talk about some true crime mysteries. The things More about to that later. us. Yeah, uh, the mysteries are kind of a bummer, but Rob is really fun, and we really enjoyed our time on our podcast with him. I will say that liz's audio my on audio episode, sucks it really bad but which he is our actually fault. did
0: some wizardry and it doesn't sound that bad it doesn't now. sound half bad it's definitely But just don't blame him because no we can't figure out how to record remotely
1: i it's don't know what our always problem is. a
0: struggle i don't i really we were literally sitting at the same table so i don't understand how samantha's is fine and mine wasn't D- i don't know and we couldn't tell while we were recording and i had a horrible echo and it was just a whole thing yeah and i'm sorry and I'm sorry that I can't do anything right. The episode is still
1: very good. And we, yeah, like Liz said, Rob worked some magic and was able to improve the sound quality. So enjoy that. Um, it's talking about unsolved mysteries. It's a topic, you know, you're going to enjoy. So uh, the intro
0: is a gateway drug into Rob's podcast, which is about UFOs. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to some pure true crime content and then get sucked in.
1: Did we give Rob some unsolicited business advice? Probably, yeah. Did we bring up
0: Mothman's booty? I mean, that's 100% true.
1: (laughs) So these are things you can look forward to if you go check out Rob's episode of the Our Strange Skies podcast. Yes. Do that. That's your homework. And I swear to Satan, I had another update and I don't remember what
0: it is. So I guess... That's next week's problem. Let's just push that off Or next week. I might never remember. That's fine, too. Let's just forgive ourselves. Let's give ourselves a little leeway. What episode are we even watching? This is season four, episode 16. Yes. Okay, this episode opens with a really fucking long miracle. Yes. Which is all about Mejigoria.
1: Medjugorje.
0: Medjugorje. Which is
1: how Robert Stack pronounces it. I'm not sure that that means it's the correct pronunciation, but Robert Stack says Medjugorje.
0: Megagoria.
1: Medjugorje. Medjugorje. I'm like gore. That- like true crime. Like gore. Okay, Medjugorje. Maybe that's a Medjugorje. I- Medjugorje. Look, I don't know if that's right. But that is how they pronounced it in the episode.
0: We should know. We don't. There's really no excuse. I very rarely pronounce
1: anything right, but I thought I was going to cover this mystery, so I made sure to get it right,
0: and (laughs) here we are. I'll have you know that that's a town located in western Bosnia, in case you were like, what the hell are you talking about? It's close to the the border with Croatia, okay? So there. There you go. There's your little geography lesson. It is the home of many miracles.
1: Many miracles.
0: I wish that was all we were going to say about it. (laughs) But it's not. You've got a lot more to say. I've got so much more to say. So we open up in 1986 with Jill Jensen. She's in Chicago. She's coked up. And she's scratching her limbs for bugs that are not there. Something I sort of only ha- thought happened in, like, specials about why you shouldn't do drugs. <laughs> but... Apparently that um, happened to this woman. Apparently that happened to Jill. And that was the inspiration for all those specials. So then we learn that 500 miles away... Rita Klaus, a mother of three, is struggling with MS. And they have only one thing in common. And what is that thing, Samantha?
1: Megacoria. It's Except so true. kind
0: of they don't. I don't know. We'll get to that <laughs> in a second. <laughs> they, they sure. kinda do- it's kind of a stretch. But I feel like two people submitted miracles <laughs> that had that word in it. And they were like, great. There you go. They're together now. We're going to fill that airtime. Smoosh that into a sandwich with Robert Stack in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this show works. Okay. So we learned that six people in Mejigoria were calling themselves visionaries because they claimed that in 1981, they spoke with the Virgin Mary. And they were like, hey, Virgin Mary, what's up? And she was like, let me tell you some miracles are going to happen. That was, I, that's, that's paraphrased. Word for word. That's paraphrase, but <laughs> I assume it was something like that. Our Lady of Medjugorje, and it was teenagers, actually, right? Yeah, they was, were pretty young, and they said that she appeared with a gray veil floating on a cloud, and that some- like, of course, what kids would say about the Virgin
1: Mary. I wouldn't say gray, though. I guess not, but that she was floating on a cloud. Yeah. It's like, have you played Mario Kart? yeah yeah that little guy that, told, <laughs> that when you fall over the edge right and the, then like
0: picks you back up that little guy yeah. in the cloud yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some of the visionaries claim that they still hear from her at 640 exactly every day
1: that's very specific
0: I would feel left out if I was the other visionaries that I was like no I just heard from her that one time it's like mm, too bad we got a call from the Virgin Mary gotta go <laughs> every day at 640 every day So, the word of this draws huge crowds as a pilgrimage to this site, and there are hundreds of people who claim they have been cured spontaneously by the pilgrimage. And we hear from Joe Romano, who claims he was cured of abdominal cancer after three visits. Okay, I mean, I'm glad his cancer's gone, but... And then we hear from Kevin Gibble. Actually, we just see a picture of him, and we learn that when he was seven, he had a really weak immune system and some, like, muscle atrophy and stuff. But then by nine, he was better. And I was like, I don't really think that has anything to do with Is anything.
1: That proof of a miracle? I don't know.
0: Over a couple years, he healed. That didn't seem like too much of a miracle to me. Not really. Okay, and then we hear from... Char Vance, whose right leg was shattered in a farm accident, and it was the worst break that doctors had ever seen.
1: And they made it seem like as soon as she went to Medjugorje, her bones just went back she together. She was just like, wow,
0: I have a non-broken leg now. Which I kind of find hard to believe, but... She claims it was miraculously healed, Samantha. All right, well, then it must have been. Samantha's like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to break her leg, and I'm <laughs> going to say, if it's going to be healed so easily, this is not a problem. This is repeatable. Yeah, our, go ba- just go our back. Our experiment needs to be repeatable. Just go back. Um And this is what Robert Stack says, which I thought was um nicely worded. To most of us, it seems far-fetched to think that physical healing can occur simply because one travels to the scene of a religious vision. Yet for those who watched loved ones suffer pain, which modern medicine cannot alleviate, the hope of a miracle flickers persistently, if dimly, at the back of the logical mind. I mean, he's right. So he's sort of saying, look, don't call these people kooks. Of course they hope there's a miracle. There's nothing else they can do. Bad situations. I'll also say, just as a heads up, that this segment is really guilty of ableism. So keep that in mind while you're watching it. Yeah, for sure. It's not maybe so fun. All right, so then we go back to Jill Jensen from the Chicago Burbs, just like myself, except that she ended up a coke addict, and I've kept my coke habit under control. (laughs) So she needed, sorry, I shouldn't make fun of that at all. So she needed to function um, just in daily life. She was saying she needed cocaine to wake up. She needed cocaine to go to sleep. She needed cocaine to move. She loved cocaine. And she spent, (laughs) she did, Samantha, she was spending $500 a day. This damaged her nose. That's so much money. That's so much money. And that's 80s money. That's yeah. 80 f- 80s $500 a day. Not today, $500 a day. Now that would still be a ton of money. But back then, so much. holy money. shit.
1: So much cocaine.
0: So this um, caused permanent damage to her nose. And I was also causing her to dig at her skin due to hallucinating bugs and was causing like these disgusting open sores so her aunt dd had made the pilgrimage the year before and convinced her to go with despite the fact that she was really worried about withdrawals on the plane so um when they first get there she takes an hour to make her confession to an american priest and they like show her holding up the line <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I think robin's even said that as other like
1: what do you call someone who's on a pilgrimage? Is there a name for them? I think they're pilgrims. Is. Yeah, I guess
0: they're pilgrims. I mean, as they were lining up, she was just confessing and confessing and confessing. And they're like, ah, Him, I'm waiting for a miracle. And Jill's like, Look, I got a lot of sins, okay? So just You're hold, just going to, just to wait. Gonna have to wait. Um, and that the priest went on to bless her sores with holy water. And she said that after that, they began to heal very quickly. And even though they had been like, festering and disgusting after he blessed them with holy water um they healed in like a couple days she she reported feeling freed for the first time in her life and after that she said that she never did cocaine again and actually had no withdrawal symptoms she and that she had been at the point of this segment she had been clean for years and she went on to be a cosmetologist and would also speak to schools as part of an anti-drug program As a not-religious person, my personal theory about Jill is that the reason she got better is because her aunt cared enough about her to take her on this pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Here was her aunt, like, maybe Jill is feeling like she's kind of fucked things up and there's not a lot of hope for her, and here's her her aunt making this, like, extraordinary effort to take her to another continent because she wants Jill to get better. And I feel like a big act like that is something that could totally, like... Give you the push that you need to, to do something good for yourself.
1: Yeah, and she definitely had, I mean, she had a support system, e- even if it was just in her aunt.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is huge and, and for her recovery. This
0: priest just took the time to listen to her for and, an hour. And maybe she really needed that. Yeah. And she didn't really feel like anyone cared. I don't know. I'm now just guessing, but right. she didn't really feel like, if she didn't feel like anyone really cared about her, maybe just having an hour to be like, this is my problem and this is where where I'm at right now. And for someone to non judgmentally just like sit and listen to that, she was like, Okay, I I'm gonna you know what? I don't like cocaine that much. I'm gonna stop doing five hundred dollars a day of cocaine and she moved on to a new life.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, you know, I don't know and I haven't done any research, but I wonder if there are cases out there where people have not had withdrawal symptoms. When they have come off of a, a drug, a substance that they're addicted to, I have to imagine that they're out there. Maybe they're very rare, but that seemed to be the evidence people were pointing to that this was miraculous. Right. Which, in, I mean, Robert Stack kind of says at the end that it's miraculous, however you want to define it, but.
0: Yeah, he says something about, like, a secular miracle that, like, it is a miracle. It just means something joyful. Good has yeah, happened. Yeah, something good has happened. So, good for Jill. Yeah. I'm glad that that worked out. Okay, so now we learn more about Rita. Um, she had always devoted herself to God. Uh, she originally became a nun when she was only 15, but she ended up diagnosed with MS and felt like she had to leave the order. I didn't really understand why, but okay. So, she moved to Pennsylvania, where she taught special education, and she met elementary school teacher Ron Klaus, and they became married a few years later. So, um, she had a recession in her symptoms while she was pregnant with her three children and thought she had been misdiagnosed. And this is actually true for some people um, that they're... MS symptoms go away while they're pregnant. I've heard that before, Because of the hormonal changes that sometimes, you know how for most people being pregnant is like the worst you're ever going to feel? But if you have MS, it possibly will be the best you ever feel. Yep. So she had three children. I'm guessing they were kind of close together. So she started to think, oh, I've been misdiagnosed. I don't have MS. I feel fine. But after that, the symptoms returned. And she first noticed this when she was holding her newborn baby and just her arm gave out and she ended up dropping the baby.
1: That was a really terrifying reenactment, I have to say. Yeah. her dropping the baby. the baby.
0: The baby was fine, but it really shook her up and it made her realize that her diagnosis was actually correct. Yeah. So by the end of 1984, her vision was constantly blurry. She had bladder problems, which I was sort of like... Do they have to tell us that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rita. And daughter. now I'm telling you. I'm sorry. It's kind of her own business. Um, she had lost feeling in her feet and, o- and lower legs, and she often used a wheelchair. So she heard of Megagoria and wanted to go, but she didn't feel physically or financially able. And they show her literally reading a magazine that was called Megagoria Magazine. <laughs> And I was like, is that real? (laughs) She heard of it by reading an entire magazine about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. But I'm guessing since she was clearly very religious, she had wanted to be a nun, someone was like, have you heard about these kids that saw the Virgin Mary? Here, read a whole magazine about it. I don't know.
1: Well, this has become a a destination this is many c- people of the catholic faith take this pilgrimage so right i guess there would be a whole magazine in i don't know
0: Or it's probably something you like buy there as like a souvenir yeah maybe
1: yeah
0: or maybe it's out every month i don't know subscribe <laughs> 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 so um every night she would pray and she would always pray for other people but one night during her prayers she heard a voice say why don't you ask So then she prayed to Mary, who she knew was appearing in Medjugorje, to be healed. And then the next day, she felt a rush of heat through her body, and she was able to move her toes and legs. She was at a class. I don't remember what kind of class, but anyway. So she rushes home to tell her family, and she is now able to walk and climb the stairs. This part is very ableist, so... Oh, whatever. Keep that in mind. But she is very excited that she's able to... She, like, runs up the stairs and is able to show her family... As of the segment, her symptoms had not returned in six years. So, to be clear, this woman did not go to Medjugorje. No, she just, like, learned about it and then prayed to the Virgin Mary, saying, I know you're appearing to people in Medjugorje. Like, please hear my prayer. Yes. And I don't know. So, that is
1: tenuous at best. I'm glad that she improved. Um... I don't know that we're prepared to say it was a miracle of Mejigoria.
0: Yes, the, the, the location to, the connection to the location is tenuous at best. I, is she healed by the magazine about <laughs> Medjugorje? Is it just that she, like, focused on that, like, particular vision of the Virgin Mary? I mean, there's no way to know. I don't know. I, it does seem like a very sudden recovery that for years she could not feel her legs and feet. And then it's just like... But here's the thing.
1: The but also- Mysteries interviews an expert on spontaneous healing, which means... There's enough people spontaneously healing that there's experts about them. So it's not like this never happens. So I'm not really prepared to say it's a miracle. I mean, if we use Robert Stack's definition, it's something great that happened to her, and her symptoms improved, and that's wonderful, but I don't know that the Virgin Mary is responsible.
0: I would also say that we just don't know a lot about MS. Yeah, that's true. It's not a condition that we fully understand from a... like western scientific medical perspective we don't really understand what causes it or even oh. what all the symptoms are so i i don't i mean 6 years does seem like a long time but it is something that you, you have flares that you know it yeah. an ebbs and flows it's not a consistent right. thing so i'm glad that she was happy but i don't know that that's like
1: a miracle, a miracle.
0: yeah definitely it's very long. That's yes. what I'll say about this segment. <laughs> yes. Damn is it long. It's really long. I'm
1: not sure. Miracle segments are not my favorite unless it's about a Jesus statue blinking.
0: Okay, that one is possibly my favorite. <laughs> but- Everybody in that segment is so sweet. But I mean this is fine and I'm like happy for them I guess, but it's it's not my jam.
1: Not really.
0: You okay. Know what is is so
1: Liz, is this your jam? Two boys dying in a fire okay, in but- a shed? oh yeah
0: that is our next one fuck (laughs) (laughs) um this is so goddamn sad yeah I feel like I say that a lot but this is not hyperbole when I go wow this is really heartbreaking and tragic and I'm not sure I want to live in this world yeah that's true a world where this happens like no thanks I'll pass (laughs) So this
1: is the mysterious death of Scott Johnson and his friend. Uh, So in Bullhead City, Arizona, it's a small desert community on the banks of the Colorado River. Sue Johnson moved there from California in 1973. Her and her husband felt like it was a great place to raise their children. Scott and Angel. They were wrong. Yeah, it turns out. Sue recalls uh, how her children took to the place immediately. Scott, especially, was a natural-born fisherman. He loved to go fishing with his dad, and he loved to play in the desert, catch lizards and snakes, and do just boy
0: stuff. I know. Um, it was really cute to just, like, picture him running around the desert, like, I know, like, and it seems like they had, you know a lot of space
1: to run around and explore and shoot their little cat guns, and yeah, it's, it's really
0: sad. Aww. So, less
1: than 50 yards from the Johnson's new home stood an old shed, which was once used by copper miners as a powder magazine?
0: Don't know what that is. I think it's just, like, that's where they were storing stuff for the mines to, like, blow stuff up. That's,
1: yeah, I think that's what... That's what it was. But it was just an old rickety shed. It became a playhouse for Scott and his friends, and Sue used to watch them play in it. Um, She said that they played, like, cops and robbers, and they would use it to go play, you know, hide and seek and run around. This is also something, like,
0: visible from her house. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And of course, if you're a kid, you want to play in the old shack. We would have, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's like a little, mysterious little house. You can do whatever you want with Yeah. On April 3rd,
1: 1974, at 3.45pm, the Bullhead City Volunteer Fire Department responded to a call that the old powder magazine was on fire. Former Bullhead City Fire Chief Larry Adams is interviewed for the show, and he remembers it vividly.
0: He was very shooken up by this. Also, this is a total aside. We don't have an award for best hair. (laughs) But if we did, I would be giving it to Larry. Larry has some pretty good hair. Who has full-on Chris Isaac hair. Yeah. Samantha doesn't know what I'm talking about. But he's got the quiff. He's got the sideburns. It's very, very manicured in the back. He's going in... He, Every week, oh, for sure, to get that haircut. Yeah, that is well groomed. I we have not seen a haircut this good <laughs> on all of Unsolved Mysteries, including Robert Stack, definitely. And this guy's a firefighter, so in Bullhead City. So applause to Larry. Great job, Larry. Definitely.
1: So Larry says that he could see uh, through the smoke what appeared to be upholstery on the floor. Um, He said he got the pike pole and stooped down to look under the smoke, and he hooked the material and pulled it out to
0: extinguish it. What a horrible moment this is.
1: I know. What Adams found was the badly burned bodies of Scott Johnson and one of his friends. Several weeks later, the coroner concluded that the two boys had died accidentally, suggesting that they were probably playing with matches and gasoline when the shed caught fire. No. However, their mom is not buying it. No. She said that she was completely shocked by the coroner's uh, determination. She said that her child um, wouldn't just lie in the back of a building and wait to be asphyxiated by smoke or burned by fire. Yeah, and I kind of believe well, that. What kid would? This is a really small shed. It didn't spontaneously combust. It was just like the... The upholstery on the floor, there was like a cushion on the floor that was on fire. It wasn't like the whole, the shed was made out of stone.
0: This is a shed. It's not even, so it's not a house. It's I not a
1: room. don't quite understand how they wouldn't
0: have been able to escape. The door to the shed It's right <laughs> there. <laughs> like right in front of them. And the coroner is asking you to believe that they saw this on fire. And just like laid down And to we're die? just like, you know what? I'm not going to try to get to that door. It's not <laughs> like they're found dead trying to get to the door. They're found just lying there. right. They weren't clawing at the door. Like, I don't understand. Like, the, they're just like, well, friend, it is our time. <laughs> they just laid down. The, yeah. The fates have decided it. <laughs> no!
1: They oh, would be trying to get out! Definitely not. So, Sue Johnson was not alone in her opinion from the beginning. Former fire chief Adams also believed that Scott and his friend were victims of foul play. He had noticed that the door to the shed had not been locked or obstructed in any way. There's no reason they couldn't have gotten out. Also, a few feet from the door, Adams found a 2 by 12 inch wooden plank. Adams thought that it was odd that the board had a small charred circle on one side. Oh yeah, that is odd. He says that it indicated to him that somebody had prevented their escape through the door. They may have initially tried to hold the door, but the door was metal, so it would obviously have gotten really hot. When they couldn't hold the door any longer, they would need something to insulate them from the heat. So he speculates that they picked up the 2x12, um, perhaps there was more than one person, and held it against the door to keep it closed. I think that makes a lot of sense. It kind of does. Despite this evidence police closed the case. As the months went by, Sue Johnson continued her efforts to have the case reopened. 4 years after the fire, Dale Gordon Medor Medor, I'm not sure, a convicted felon came forward with a shocking story. He was serving time at a county jail in New Mexico. At the time of the fire, he was living in Bullhead City. Former detective Robert L. Melton was one of the men who spoke with him. And he was convinced. He said that what it said that he saw was two men holding two young kids and pushing them into the powder magazine. One of the kids looked like he was heavily drugged or somehow out of it at the time. The other was fighting back. Then he saw one of the men holding a gas can, and one of them told him in... What Robert Stack calls street terms, or no, that was the guy. <laughs> he
0: was like, kid, he said in a uh, street terms to, to get, get lost. lost, which I think means you go fuck off, get the fuck out of here, or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
1: fuck off, kids, and that they quote just burned up two kids, which is horrible.
0: Um, I often, when I'm telling people to go away from crimes, say what those crimes are. <laughs> though yeah
1: I get out of story. here i'm committing murder i found the story a little odd but uh maybe uh dale told police that he came to know one of the men while serving time in a prison in nevada authorities questioned the man that that he accused of setting the fire but they were unable to make a case however other witnesses backed up dale meter's account resident tina mo and john Callis reported the fire on the day of Scott Johnson and his friend's death. They were also convinced that the boys were murdered. At the time of the fire, Tina and John were teenagers. Um, Like Dale, Tina recalled seeing two men. She said that there were two men, and one was standing by the side of the hill facing the door of the shack, and the other one didn't like the idea that we were there, and he took off running. John Callis was with Tina and also saw the events unfold. He says... Um, that he thought he, the two men set the place on fire. John and Tina told police about the two men they had seen. However, John believes that their statements were ignored because of their own previous run-ins with the law.
0: I sort of feel like cops didn't investigate this because it was just easier not to. Probably. It was just easier to rule out an accident. I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, as time passed, the tragedy faded from public memory, but Sue Johnson continued her quest for the truth. In 1989, Dale Lent became the new chief of detectives, and he reopened the case as a murder investigation. He says that he talked with Sue on the phone and in person, and told her that in the beginning that when he started out, there, w- there may not be an answer for this, but they were going to keep looking. So, he believed them, but he, and I think at that point, didn't have a lot of hope that they would f- be able to find any evidence. So, the question is where Scott and his friend deliberately burned to death. Um, they speculated that there could have been like drug involvement because they found a hundred dollar bill on the ground on the property at one point
0: well the only people that ever have a hundred dollars are drug dealers so, so that holds up <laughs> um yeah they were speculating that maybe the shed was sometimes being used for criminal activity maybe the boy saw something it's kind of you get into this boys on the track situation where you're just like who wants to kill two kids right like, like they- what could possibly be the motivation for that
1: they speculated that maybe they witnessed some sort of drug deal and that the drug dealers were worried about them Which is stupid because they're but... kids
0: and nobody would have listened to them anyway and they wouldn't have probably even understood. Right. When I was seven, if I saw a literal drug deal go down in front of me, would I have known what that was? No. If someone was like, here's a kilo of cocaine, and the other person went, thank you, sir, here's thousands of dollars, and then they just like shook hands and walked away, <laughs> I would be like, oh, good for them. I know,
1: like, I not- wouldn't have run and snitched on them. These kids didn't know what drugs were, I'm sure. So, I mean, unfortunately, this case remains unsolved to this day. The, the jailhouse snitch, Dale, uh, sought a preliminary injunction restraining the newspaper company uh, oh, apparently the New York Times from publishing his name. An author uh, wrote an article about the fire. He claimed that it was unjust... that he was being unjustly accused of being responsible for the boy's deaths. I don't know. He's serving a life sentence for unrelated crime. Scott and Peter's families are... S- oh, I guess the other... The other boy was named Peter. Their families are still searching for a
0: resolution to the case. It's awful.
1: Yeah, and completely unsolved. So...
0: I think we're overlooking a very obvious suspect in this case. Could have been... was responsible for the boys in the tracks crime. Could it have been Hillary Clinton? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I even wrote it down. (laughs) Do we know where she was? Can we figure it out? Was it other members of the Illuminati? (laughs) Um, I drew a mustache from that segment. I don't know whose it was, though. I'm assuming it's a cop. It's, like, so dense. It's, like, a dense comb.
1: It is a dense comb. What did you call it?
0: Mr. No Nonsense.
1: Ah, I like it.
0: Um, I broke down- I don't
1: remember because I wasn't paying close enough attention to this one because I thought it was your mystery. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. But I do remember
1: that one guy's hair, Larry. Larry's hair,
0: luscious. Yeah. I think really he wins MVM even though it's for hair because it's so damn good. I mean, we've given it to mullets before. Yeah.
1: There's not really, I don't know, man haircut? I don't even know.
0: <laughs> we need We had M. We had most most valuable, valuable man's haircut. <laughs> yes. There we go. Perfect um yeah my notes for this are really things like who the fuck would do this and this mom is very reasonable yeah
1: okay Okay. tenacious she was like my kid did not just sit in a shed and wait to die i'm going to fuck your shit up until you you imagine reopen his murder case no Uh, it's horrible it's It's horrible this
0: actually this episode is not great (laughs) no it's a long miracle and then some Bummers to just bump you out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you going to talk about this one or should we do something else? Okay. So
0: here's the thing. By total coincidence, our next mystery we actually cover on that round table on Rob's show, Our Strange Skies. And that's a complete coincidence because he picked it. It's the, the Angela Hammond case. It is depressing as all get out. It might be the worst murder that we've ever covered on Unsolved Mysteries. It will haunt me forever. It's terrifying. The reenactments are terrifying. Everything about it is horrible.
1: I will hear the screams. Literally, the the reenactment woman
0: screams in my sleep for like the rest of my days. It's horrible. I mean, I could go through like a summary of it, but we literally is we literally talk about it. Here the show. was my proposal:
1: was that if you want to hear us talk about this horribly depressing murder. Go listen to Rob's episode. Because we get, we're, it, we go in depth on Much it. Much more in depth. Rob gives a very good rundown. It is depressing, but I think we do our best to make it an entertaining podcast episode for you. And we talk about some other things. It's worth it to listen to that episode anyway. I have some hero dog stories I could tell instead. Oh, oh, let's do that. Please. I have two. And they're pretty short. Poor Angie, but... I know. Okay, let me just pull them up. Okay what one is local and it just happened ooh so okay this is the headline this is from an article in on the today show put out and it's missing 6-year-old boy found after search uh, search by drones and hundreds of volunteers this happened in minnesota Most of the coverage around this boy's disappearance and subsequent, like, locating of him has to do with this drone, but his dog stayed with him the whole time. So Ethan House was found a mile from his rural Minnesota home thanks to a massive search and and rescue effort, including a drone with thermal camera piloted by a local photographer. So this just happened. The article came out on October 18th, so just a few weeks ago. A six-year-old boy who had been missing for ten hours in rural Minnesota is home safe thanks to a massive search involving more than 600 volunteers, multiple law enforcement agencies, and a drone with heat-sinking technology, and his dog. The ordeal began when Ethan wandered off with his dog, Remy, after being dropped off by the school bus near his family's home in Becker at 4 p.m. He was with his siblings, but it sounds like him and his dog just, like, ran off, like, kids were yeah, to do. Yeah, they got separated, yeah. And then no he one saw, realized until he was missing. He
0: saw a cool leaf, and he went in one direction, yeah, and then he splashed exactly. in a puddle, and before he knew it, he was lost.
1: Exactly. According to, uh... So this is according to a news release by the Sherburne County Sheriff's Office. Hundreds of volunteers from the community came together to help find him after the sheriff's office put out the word that he was missing. The boy was eventually found in a cornfield located a little over a mile from his home at about 1.50 a.m. The jubilant end to the search came just in time as temperatures had dropped into the 30s. Uh, he was Aww. happy and healthy, and uh, he told the camera that he was that he thanked all 600 volunteers and his dog Remy for staying with him. <laughs> he was spotted laying down next to the family dog in the cold by a drone equipped with thermal camera that was piloted by a local resident Stephen Fines. That's pretty cool. Who is a professional photographer, and you can see if you look up the article the drone footage, and you can see like a little outline of his dog, and he was laying right Aww. up next to Remy. Remy is this little like Springer Spaniel type dog who is the cutest thing ever. Um, and the also, this little boy is super cute. And you can see him if you watch the like news segments. He like hugs his dog, Remy, and it's just the cutest fucking thing. Uh, so basically, Fine says that he sort of knew the area to look because uh, searchers on the ground had seen a footprint. And so he spotted the dog, okay. the outline of a dog laying in the field, and the little shape of the little boy laying next to the dog. So, so cute. His little dog, I think, is a hero. He's not getting as much credit as the drone, but I think the dog is really what saved Ethan. Um, <laughs> I'm sure shark kept and, him warm. Yeah, it's a very sweet story. Okay, I have one more that just blew my mind. Dogs, 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 yes. dogs. This is an article in the Huffington Post from a few years ago, and the title is Hero Dog Saves 14-Month-Old Toddler from Drowning in Marcellus, Michigan. Oh my god. So, a dog has been hailed a hero after he saved a Michigan toddler from drowning in his family's swimming pool. Patricia Dra- Drauk, 30, said that she was walking to her garage to return some gardening tools last weekend when Stanley, her 14 month old son, who had been toddling right behind her, disappeared from sight. <gasps> Stanley usually follows us around, and when I went into the garage to put away some stuff and came out, it was just a moment, but he wasn't behind me anymore. So she frantically searched around her house, but she ended up finding him lying face up in the pool. She said it was very scary, his lips were blue, his eyes were rolled back... Uh, she said it was the scariest feeling in the world, um, and an image that would stay with her forever, but incredibly, Stanley was not alone in the pool. When she looked closer, she noticed that their black lab bear was balancing the little boy on his back, helping Aww. him keep his head above water. Aww. She said the bear wouldn't move. He didn't even bark. She, she said it seemed like he was afraid to move at all until she got into the pool and pulled Stanley out. Oh my goodness. So Stanley was unresponsive when his mother pulled him out of the water, but she called 911, and then she threw him into her car and raced to the local fire station. By the time she got there, he had revived, and he ended up having no ill effects from this incident at all. Um, And they all believe that if it wasn't for Bear, he would have sunk. Yeah. Because he he was unconscious, and he would have sunk and probably completely drowned. Um, so she said that it was incredible to see Bear holding him up like that, oh and not something she would have ever expected a dog to have the wherewithal to do. Uh, but Bear
0: is a hero. Bear is absolutely a hero. You so, know Lenny Briscoe would not do that oh, for me. Oh, yeah, no. My dogs <laughs> would just... Be like, mm, I don't really feel like swimming right now, thanks. Yeah. Can we maybe do it later? Or <sighs> never? Or... And then I'm just drowning. Blah, 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 blah.
1: Same with my dogs, for sure.
0: Okay, I think that was an improvement, because... I hate that Angie Hammond story so much. Look, for
1: our sake and frankly for yours as well, we, we are not going twice. to do this we mystery can't do it twice. twice. So it's- there's some hero dogs to cleanse your palate. Uh, and go listen to Rob's podcast because we covered the segment anyway. And I think Rob does a better job
0: than we would have done.
1: And you get to hear our commenter- commentary anyway.
0: And we don't have to do it again. And then we don't have to do it again, which is just a win win for everybody. It's very important for our sanity, actually. Yeah. R.I.P. Angie. Okay, we do have one more mystery in this episode, though. It's short as hell.
1: Yeah, it kind of is. Okay, so this is the disappearance of Lee Young. 60, uh, not 60, 56-year-old bank fraud investigator Lee Young was last seen leaving a restaurant in Southdale, Arizona at 12.30 p.m. on May 4th, 1990. Later that day, three calls were made from his car phone to a pay phone and to a woman who denied ever talking to him. Okay. We don't hear more about her, but... <laughs> Seems like an important nation. clue. Uh, yeah. On May 5th, his Lincoln town car was found engulfed in flames in the desert. A day later, 100 miles south of Phoenix, Arizona. One theory is that Lee was killed during a robbery. He was known to carry large amounts of cash and drew- jewelry that he bought and sold as like a hobby.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's a weird thing to know about someone. Yeah, Samantha, oh, a, Samantha, yeah, I think I've met her. She carries large amounts of cash and jewelry, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's She's correct. always buying jewelry to
1: resell it. It's like a hobby. Uh, he also wore this extremely luxurious and expensive Rolex watch that had, like, diamonds around the I think edges. it was, like, one of
0: a kind.
1: Yeah. Um, it was, like, I think they said it was, like, $25,000, maybe even more. This was
0: um, my question about that. You know how, as women, we're given all this advice about, like, how to stay safe
1: Yeah, like, don't wear your, like, like, turn your wedding ring inside out or whatever and like...
0: Don't have a ponytail. Don't walk outside with headphones. Don't go out at night. Carry
1: an umbrella at all times so you can beat off your attacker.
0: Yeah, because obviously your attacker will then just go, oh, you're right. I shouldn't attack people and go home. (laughs) First problem with all of that shit is that it's, even if it saves you, does not save everybody. No. Your rapist doesn't just go, good point.
1: It's. It's not. I'm solving re- the problem. I'm and also. Reformed. People who
0: it doesn't work for then feel blamed because yeah. they just weren't able to yeah. defend themselves. There's a lot well of problems with that. Anyway, but my question was: Are men told not to wear expensive watches? I don't. I've never heard that. I've never heard that in my life. But it seems like in this case, it may have attracted crime. Maybe it did. I don't know. Uh, so also missing was his briefcase. So I think
1: his watch was missing, um, and his briefcase was missing. That's where he kept his files. Uh, And possibly
0: his large amounts of cash and jewelry.
1: Well, I think the large amount of cash was was still in his car or somewhere. They weren't even
0: like bad. They weren't even good at robbing. I don't exactly remember, but
1: he definitely I mean, I guess how much cash did he right. have? Right. there was some in the briefcase too. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Um. So, another theory is that Lee was silenced for his investigation into money laundering by a Colombian drug cartel. The cartel allegedly was using the bank he worked at for their operation. Several months before his disappearance, Lee contacted federal agents that dealt with drug smuggling, but, like, they never called him back.
0: So, that's not great. Uh, a week before he vanished, <laughs> the system works. <laughs> so never criticize us criticizing the legal system, because as if you just seen or just heard, I mean, it works perfectly. Yeah. So yeah, before he vanished,
1: he tried to reach the agents, but he wasn't successful.
0: America, <laughs> America. Look, in this case, it didn't even work for this rich white dude. If you want to know what this guy looks like, he looks like he should be managing a country singer on television. (laughs) That's really true. He has that hair. I don't (laughs) even know what that style is called, but just picture someone. You know, you have a picture of managing a country singer. And it's correct. Where he's going, get out there, darling. Yep, absolutely. So uh,
1: his wife, Connie, hopes that someone saw his plum colored Lincoln Town car the day he vanished or his Rolex watch.
0: Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to come forward with that. Oh, yeah, I saw that really expensive watch on my wrist. <laughs> I want a plum-colored town car. Cars don't come in enough colors anymore. It's really true. It's just, like, various stains of gray and beige. It's really true. The world true. is so boring. So, anyway, this case is unsolved, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a great conclusion. We don't know what happened to Lee. There's no. very little information. There's nothing. So, probably he's dead, but I don't know... What why happened? how no, huh? uh, no, no one, one knows. knows I'm sorry the Lee and his family there's a mustache that, watch, I that I drew in this that was on a cop it was very thin I called it the French bandit <laughs> <laughs> which I think then you know what it looks like that's apt yeah I think everyone knows what that looks like now. Um, I have almost no notes on this I, I just said good reenactment with the car but honestly I watched this so long ago that I don't even remember well
1: it was really short
0: I don't know I think probably Robert Stack Ro- kind of wanted that watch. I was going to
1: say, probably Robert Stack was like, we're going to give me one of those watches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, and my bonus for this season is a custom Rolex watch, right? I feel like a very important update we neglected to mention was that you found some like vintage pinup prints of Robert <laughs> uh, Stack uh, on a yacht, which reinforces our assumption that Robert Stack was always on yachts.
0: I think it is from some movie, but I was just seeing what sort of Robert Stack stuff was on eBay, as you do. And so many photos were like, Robert Cha- Stack, bare-chested, all caps, <laughs> pinup on yacht. So that exists. And am I going to order a bunch of those as future Patreon rewards? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Super duper mystery solvers. You'll have to find out. I guess you can give us $10 and you'll find out. <laughs> so, that's- yeah. He, he-, does, he does, like, I do associate him with, like, a life of... Sailing, sailing, like leisure. Yeah, white people activities. Yes, like I don't think that's wrong. Like eating a grilled salmon in a country club. Yeah, I honestly know very little about Robert Stack, and I think we should keep it that way.
1: (laughs) Too. We know he came out of the womb wearing the trench coat. (laughs) We've been over that. Yeah, and then he just lived on yachts all the time. And then he lived on yachts when he wasn't having threesomes. (laughs) With JFK and Elizabeth Taylor, he was on his yacht
0: eating grilled salmon. That's all we need to know. Yeah, there I, we just wrote his biography. I don't. I actually saw on eBay that he has a biography that came out before I think Unsolved Mysteries. So I was like, who cares? But then I was also like, I don't. I don't need to know. No. I want the myth. I don't want the man. <laughs> I want Robert Stack larger than life. I don't want to be yeah. like, ooh, his favorite. Color was turquoise and bare chested Robert Stagg on the deck of his yacht. I want him only wearing a trench coat always and coming out of fog and. Being like, is this a Halloween haunted house? No. This is is real life. This is real life. There's murderers underneath your bed right now. Your girlfriend will be kidnapped in front of you and your car transmission will die and there'll be nothing you can do as she drives away into
1: the darkness. I'm gonna cry.
0: Okay, let's rate this episode. Mysteriousness. Mm, Okay. Actually, pretty mysterious. Actually,
1: it is. We don't really know what any of these... I mean, not the miracle one, but we don't know...
0: What There's, happened to any of these people? No, it's actually one of the most mysterious ones we've ever had. It is. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Reenactments? Pretty good. They're um, good
1: and terrifying. terrifying. I mean, obviously, the mystery we didn't even talk about contains reenactments that will haunt us forever, so... Yeah, so
0: in terms of therapy bills, uh, thumbs up for the trauma. <laughs> really? um, the miracle reenactments are a little bit silly, but by the end of the episode, you're not even going to remember that, because you're going to be so depressed and traumatized. Yeah, See if that looked to look forward to. Fashion. I remember nothing remarkable in the fashion category. Not really. I guess the Virgin Mary wore a gray veil. Okay. <laughs> I would have thought it was white. That's weird. Um, that's it. Thumbs down. All right. Robert Stack? Robert Stack, he's got some serious watch envy. That's true. But otherwise unremarkable. Sideways. Sideways. Maybe thumbs up just because I happen to see those photos completely unconnected to this episode. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's it. Out of five Robert Stacks, how would you rate this episode? I mean, I'm never
1: going to watch it again because it's so fucking sad. Yeah. But it's like...
0: But kind the, of fu- but there's the and okay but the Angie one we didn't even talk about because it's so horrible is actually really well done That's but true. I never want to watch this again and I couldn't even bring myself to talk about that mystery again so plus the miracle segment is really goddamn long is it like a three I was gonna say a two honestly okay, okay. maybe two and a half because it's brutal because children are burned alive because a man sees the love of his life get kidnapped and drove away because we never know what happens to Lee you right and they try to make it a little bit better with the miracle, but it's—I don't—it doesn't seem that miraculous. The one woman doesn't even go there. Yeah, I think a two is fair. It's rough. It's rough. I can see why the unsolved mystery staff, after dealing with this kind of material, was like. We we need something positive. Find me a miracle. And they're like, Man, we really blew our wad with that magic rock mystery. We need another one. Blew our wad with the magic rock. Okay, here's
1: the thing. I feel like we've been doing a lot of complaining about how sad and shitty this season has been. But next week, the abominable snowman. Yeah, I can't wait. So Oh my god. Tune in for Can that. we
0: have a snowman abominable snowman party somehow? I think
1: we have to, right? I don't even know what that means. It just came either. out of my
0: mouth. But I think now we have Heart. to. <laughs> so look forward to that next week. Uh, look, it's we have to complain about how sad this is because it's real life. And it is really sad. Yeah. It would be rude to go, ho-hum, whatever. Yeah, Children right. were burned <laughs> alive in a shed. No, of course that's terrible. Yeah, it's one it's, of the worst things I've ever heard. It's pretty awful. Pretty oh helpful. my god all right do you want to recommend something yes i was really i feel like i say this every week but man oh man was i like oh do boy. i, I have a recommendation i don't know why we committed to doing this because <laughs> i was i was trying try that many new things and turning in my sleep last night <laughs> going i don't have a recommendation should i just go to my bookshelf and find a book i've read and been like this was good which yeah why didn't i just do that that would have been fine but, uh, I finally realized that I got something new this week. All right. Which is a zine. I have a zine recommendation. Great. From The Money Witch.
1: Oh, The Money Witch.
0: Yes. Which is, if on Instagram, literally money.witch. Uh, this zine is called Money Witch Money Magic. And, uh, I ordered this. I think you can get it at the future in Minneapolis, but The Money Witch also has, uh, website healyourfinances.com dot com. So these are all just like witchy things about money. Um, it has how to make an altar, like what kind of crystals, different uh tarot cards and plants, and like how to make this tea. But it's basically like improving your relationship with money. Maybe you got mm. some guilt, maybe you got some you know, I think like it's a weird particularly for people in the Midwest. Weird subject. We're never supposed to talk about it ever. It's quite true. So maybe this would help get a little money magic mojo into your life. I feel like this was, I don't know, $12, $14, something like that. It's just like a fun little read. Maybe you'll think about money a little bit differently. Right after I read this, I was like, oh, I should pull a tarot card. And it was the nine of pentacles, which is all about money. Oh, spooky. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. So obviously I'm going to get rich now. So send me some money on Ko-Fi, please obviously sign up for our patreon money 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 okay samantha's turn so i don't really have a recommendation folks her recommendation is that if you start a podcast don't say oh we should do a recommendation at the end (laughs) of each one is like a palate cleanser because then sometimes that's the hardest part
1: i really so i was trying to read spooky books so i could give you a spooky book recommendation every week but i read Two spooky. I read two books between the, the last time we recorded now, and one I did not like, and the other one was not spooky at all, and also wasn't that good.
0: So, <laughs> well, don't recommend those. I can't but.
1: recommend those. I am currently reading The Haunting of Hill House, finally, and I am really liking it, but I mean it's a classic everyone's gonna like it so I think my only thing I can really recommend and I've already can even still
0: recommend that even t- though it's a classic
1: well it is really good I'm not done I'm only like halfway done it is good we'll talk about it when we're both done yeah maybe we could because Liz and I are both reading that for our book
0: club meeting that could be an advanced recommendation yeah I'm gonna recommend we'll give it our- and it's gonna be good <laughs> We're gonna, we'll give our final thoughts later.
1: I really just wanted to recommend, and I feel like I've already sort of talked about this, is those Sandman cat videos. Someone else. <laughs> yes, you have. Shout out to Mary Jean on <laughs> Facebook, who uh, agreed with me that those are the funniest videos on the internet. <laughs>
0: Mr. Sandman! <laughs> it's just people making Can their cat dance
1: to Mr. Sandman. There's like different quadrants of the screen. I don't know how TikTok works, but it's that site. I'm like way too old for it. But like you can find the compilations on YouTube, and they're so funny. And really, I bring this up also because you should join our Facebook group, which is not run by us. It's run by some lovely volunteers and listeners of the show. Uh, it's
0: the, like the unofficial. Can official... you even believe that? Yeah, I know. No, I can really kind of can't. I can't actually believe that anyone is listening to this.
1: Uh, go on Facebook and join our little community. Hello. There's. <laughs> I believe it I can't was Sister Mary there. Jean posted a video of the Sandman Cat and agreed with me that it was da, hilarious. Da, da. So. Da. Join our Facebook group, share cool shit like that, uh, watch cat videos on YouTube to cleanse your palate from horrible child deaths. And that's really all I have to recommend, because I am i haven't been doing anything except reading shitty books. And working
0: too much. And working too much. Could everybody tell Samantha to take a day off, please? Thank you. Because it's just me <laughs> nagging her. That's not enough. Also, do you believe... Okay, so we get some like chart information about our show, and every so often it's like, you're the 37th most popular show in Croatia. Well, and then we'll we, like,
1: definitely be the 37th most popular show in Croatia this week because we talk about Croatia.
0: Yeah, maybe. But then we're like never th- chart there ever again. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, like, maybe it's
1: just a weird glitch in the algorithm.
0: Or, I don't like, know. But we like recently charted in the Arab Emirates and then I'm sure we like never will again. So, hi, if you're listening to from the Arab Emirates, <laughs> the we'd love to hear is from we you. We
1: don't have that many listeners. Like, I've seen our total downloads and I maybe you're gonna be shocked by this it's not that many so i feel like the idea that there's enough people in these other countries to like it's like oh ran- is us in the charts. Finland
0: is listening this week it's like but really so hi finland i mean that
1: must be that, like no one in the united arab emirates listens to tv and film podcasts so like when one person listens <laughs> to ours it like, like shoots so- up in the charts so- i mean that has <laughs> to be i don't even know how else it would work
0: yeah, but hi. Yeah. If you're listening to... Hi, Croatia. Croatia or Finland or... Yeah. Hi. Thanks for getting ca- I kind of don't believe you're there, but I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's ghosts. I don't know. People have proved to us that Australia is real and that at least like two people in Australia listen, so hi to them. People, Thank people, you. yes,
1: have sent us gifts from Australia, so I so believe Australia
0: seems to be real, Um, but I'm not sure about the rest of these yeah i don't know because yeah really there's not that many people are listening i mean more than my mom more than i ever thought would which That's was true why my mom and a couple other people which is why we occasionally I mean, refer to five listeners yeah, you think
1: the whole five listener thing is a joke but it's really how many people we thought would li- we counted on one
0: hand how many people <laughs> in our lives total between me and liz <laughs> I mean, like, we were would like listen okay to then podcast. we'll make it if we can get five people to listen yeah And somehow we got more, but not like a ton more. (laughs) Look, we're no cereal. Yeah. Let's end on that note. (laughs) We're no cereal. Yeah. Perhaps it's you, podcast. We're no cereal. That's like our our new motto. Okay, so let's plug our shit. Okay, we have a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's perhaps it's you.
1: Yep. Um, We have a Patreon. You can send
0: us money. Oh, I have an update, which is that I finally fucking got the recommendations oh, on our yeah. website all up to date. Go check out when actually
1: we have recommendations. You can find uh, they them go all on our
0: website. at perhapsitsyou.com. There's a whole page just to list out all the stuff we recommended, because if you're listening to your car or, I don't know, maybe jog or something, you're not going to be able to write that down. But now you can just go back and find it. And it's sort of into category, like podcasts, books, consumer items. And you'll be like, oh, yes, that was the candy. Liz couldn't stop talking about it. And now it's all there. Nice. Ah, uh, oh, I knew I had something. Now I feel so good and satisfied. Okay. What send else?
1: us money on Patreon. You'll get some cool shit. Uh, you can send us your spooky stories.
0: Ooh, yeah. Speaking of our website, you can find a contact
1: form on our website or just email us at perhaps it's youpodcast at gmail.com. You
0: should give us a five star review. Yeah, we really on need Apple them. Podcast. This is always begging for them on Twitter. And it seems to work. I don't understand. Someone, we're in a couple of podcasts, like, Facebook groups, because the only thing that's, like, worthwhile on Facebook is events and groups and everything else is garbage. And we're in a couple just, like, podcasting groups, and someone asked for, like, oh, what's the advice you would give, you know, you wish you had had, when you started your podcast. And I was like, you should uh, say you only accept five-star reviews, (laughs) and if you get any criticism, you should put it on merch and sell it. And a lot of people were like, well, I agree with the criticism part. (laughs) And I was like, no. If you want five-star reviews, ask for them. Yeah. That you're projecting that into the world will come back to you. Yeah. Do I sound like someone that just read a zine about money magic? Yeah. (laughs) If I want money for Clearly Canadian, I gotta ask for it. And then you might get it. And I did. And that's so weird. The world is so (laughs) weird. It is. Okay, is that everything? I think so. All right. Make sure you listen to us on Our Strange Skies. Make sure you rate us. Make sure you give us money. Make sure you tell Samantha that she needs to take a day off so we can go to secret discount Target. Uh, make sure you have a happy Halloween. Make sure um, hmm, you don't end up on Unsolved Mysteries yourself. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Might be my best advice. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.